For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bible now to the book of Esther, Esther chapter number 2 and verse number 21 as we'll be at today. Esther chapter 2 and verse 21 is where we're going to start today. And the Bible says, in those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bichthon and Tarash, of those which kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hand on king Harzerses. And the thing was made known to Mordecai and told it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Part two here of Esther, Mordecai saved the king's life. He heard two people plotting to kill him at the gate. He told Esther, who has now become the queen because the king had a wife and he demanded that she come to a banquet and she didn't. And so he got rid of her and made Esther his new queen. Mordecai is Esther's cousin, so Mordecai told Esther, and Esther told the king, and so those two guys that were plotting to kill the king at the gate were hung on a tree, and the Bible says that that was written down in the book of the Chronicles, in other words, the history book of the king, but notice he wasn't rewarded, he wasn't thanked, he wasn't anything for saving the king's life. Many times as a Christian, you think, I'm, tr- I'm doing what's right, and I'm not seeing any effect. I'm not seeing God intervene. I'm not seeing any blessing. I'm not seeing any fruit. Well, you may or you may not. But for eternity's sake, even if you don't see it until eternity, you will see it. Amen? You will bring forth blessings. And it may be in eternity. It may be on this earth. It may be both. But here, this man saves the king's life. He wasn't even given a thank you, much less a reward, but all in God's timing. You remember that, all in God's timing. Jump over to Esther chapter 4 and look at verse 16. Esther chapter 4 and verse number 16. And the Bible says, Go together, all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink, three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. This is Esther talking to Mordecai, the man that saved the king's life, who was Esther's cousin, but was also her caretaker, had took her in, raised her, watched over her, and was her spiritual mentor. And this is Esther telling Mordecai this. She is now the queen, 
But you see, Haman had made, got the king to sign into law that all the Jews would be killed on one day. Well, Esther, being a Jew, is now queen and tells Mordecai, I'm going to fast, but go ask my people to fast. Go ask the Jews to fast. Go ask our family to fast. And I and my maidens, the ladies that are with me, we will fast also. Now, I have fasted, ladies and gentlemen, many times, many days without food, but I have never fasted three days without food and water. I always had water. But here, here, she says, three days with neither eat or drink. You know why? Because when something's that serious, it doesn't matter what you have to give up or what you have to lay aside to get a hold of God and get the power of God on your life and on your situation. It will not matter. She knew that her people would be killed. They would be taken out. I have to do something. And when you know you have to do something and you know you want to get a hold of God, hey, you will put aside whatever you have to put aside to get the power of God put upon your life. Giving up food and water for three days was nothing. So Esther knew that she had to speak up for her people. But she also knew that there had to be some spiritual preparation. And she also knew even though she's the queen, she couldn't just go in and talk to the king. A person had to be summoned and to talk to the king because there was already a law in place. If you just walk in and think you're going to talk to the king, the Bible, it says there was, an, there was a law that you would be killed. You'd be put to death unless the king held out his golden scepter and he gave you the right and the freedom to speak. There was no open door policy in that kingdom. And so she spiritually prepared herself and wanted to get the power of God upon her and her life and her people. And God's word, listen to me, God's word says that there's certain things that only come by fasting and prayer. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. There is a lot of power to be had by fasting and prayer. There is a lot of God's power waiting to work in your life, in your means, on your behalf. Amen. If you will, but submit yourself and say, I put this down because I want to get closer to the Lord. I want the power of God upon my life. I'm not talking about physical power. I'm talking about spiritual power. Oh, how often we so easily look at, well, that's that person. That's that group of people. It's, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. But the Bible tells us in so many places that the real battle, we don't battle against flesh and blood. The real battle is a spiritual battle. And Esther realized this. And she was going to fast and pray. And she wanted to get everybody on board that she could with this. She wanted to change the course of history, if you will. And how could she do that? By getting the power of God in the situation. If you want to turn over to Mark chapter 9, verse 25, we're going to look at a few verses there. Mark chapter 9, verse 25. And it says, When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why 
could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind came forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. There are some things that can only be done by prayer and fasting. There are some evil forces that can only be overcome but by prayer and fasting. That's exactly what Jesus himself says. Jesus himself fasted and prayed for 40 days, as a matter of fact, and that's a very, very long time. But even Jesus himself realized he wanted the power of God upon him. Now, he was God in the flesh, and it's hard for us to imagine that. He was human, but yet he was fully God. But that's what the Bible says, and I fully believe it. Amen. I don't have to fully understand it. I just have to believe it. There are many things that I don't fully understand, but I just know them to be true. And so we ought, we're so easily forget that the real battle is spiritual. If you read Acts chapter 19 and verse 13 through 16, there was two men that went about and they were going to try to cast out a devil from this person. And they went into this person's house and that evil spirit spake through the man that it possessed to those two. Because these two men went in and they said, I abjure you by the Jesus and by the God that Paul preaches. And this demon said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the Bible says that that man that was possessed jumped on them and tore them up. So much so that they ran out of the house naked and beat up. But it says it's a spiritual battle. The forces of evil know who the true child of God is. That demon said, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is, but I don't know who you are. See, he was not a Christian. He was not a believer. A believer has a piece of God himself within them. A piece of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. So Esther, along with her maidens and, and the Jewish people, and Mordecai fasted and prayed for those three days. That's a great challenge for us today, isn't it? Especially here in America, everywhere that you go, there is food. Every function you go to, there is food. But would you, would you, not people at church, not the pastor, not the preacher, not the deacon, not the lady next to you, the person behind you, would you? Be willing to fast and to pray for three days for a situation, for somebody's salvation, for God to intervene. You see, when you stand before God, I'm not going to have to give an account for the people at church or the people behind me or the deacons or even my own wife or my own parents or my own brother. But I'm going to have to give an account for myself. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That's exactly who you're going to have to give an account for, yourself and nobody else. So easily we look at other people and go, well, this, that, and the other, but this, that, and the other don't even matter. What matters is, are you being obedient to God? And it's exciting. It's exciting to see God work. It's exciting to see God intervene. It's exciting to see the power of God upon somebody's life, upon somebody's situation, when God moves in miraculously and he changes the situation as he does here with Esther. And it's evident in the case that God and his sovereignty is going to turn the heart of the king. You see, Haman 
and his evil ways got the king to sign into law that at a certain date, a certain time, all the Jews of the land could be killed. He said, told the king, they're not, they're not worth nothing. They're no good. They're not doing you no good. Let's just go ahead and kill them all. Haman said, I'll even fund it. I'll even pay for this operation. That's how evil he was. And Haman, who sought to be the destroyer, ultimately, he became the one who was destroyed. God turned that thing around right upon him. And he used the very thing that Haman was going to use to try to kill Mordecai to take him out. Hey, when God does something wonderful, there are benefits for many other people, not just the one person that is affected. Because Mordecai was spared and Esther was spared, the Jewish people could then live and freedom and peace. And that happens so often. Uh, you look at uh, Joseph, how God blessed the house of Potiphar for who? For Joseph's sake, not for Potiphar or his wife or all the other people, but because of Joseph, they were all blessed. The whole house was. And many times, if not all the time, when God does something wonderful, there are benefits that affect way more than just one person. You look at America. It was founded by a small group of Christians. And still today, there is a small group of, I'm talking about good Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, Bible-carrying Christians. But yet our country, our nation is so blessed. Now, I know they're sitting in America. I know that. You don't have to call me up and tell me, hey, do you know about this? Do you know about that? Yes, I do. But when you look at our country compared to every other nation on the planet, I'm telling you right now, God has blessed this nation. And I am so thankful to live in it. I am so thankful to have my family in it. Amen. As messed up as it is, I love it. As messed up as it is, I believe God has still blessed us. Amen. God didn't mess it up. We did. Just like God didn't mess up the garden and Adam and Eve did. Amen. Many times we mess up our own house. But here, God's going to intervene on his people's behalf, on Esther's behalf. And do you know, they probably thought Esther was crazy. You're going to go in before the king. He's going to kill you. He's going to have you beheaded because it's already a law. And I'm telling you, many times you're, if you're going to do something great, People are going to mock you ridicule, you, ridicule you, make fun of you, run you down, talk bad about you. Who do they think they are? They can't do that. Oh my goodness, what are they thinking? Are they crazy? But don't you know that happened even in today's world? There's been a lot of inventors who people said, man, they're messed up. Morse, Edison, Bell, the Wright brothers. Do you know that Edison who invented a lot of the things that we have today, electricity, light bulbs, all these wonderful things. When he was 12 years old, his teacher said he was too stupid to be in school. But man, he, he invented so many things that affect us to this day. A lot of our modern conveniences, we wouldn't have any of them if it wasn't for electricity. And they sent him home and said he's too dumb for school. But he'd done many great things. He didn't let that stop him. Now, I'm not promoting them. But even Walt Disney, when he was young, worked at a newspaper. Do you know that the editor fired him, saying that Walt Disney had no imagination and no good ideas, and they fired him? Boy, if they could only see what really happened, huh? 
they wouldn't have made fun of him and they wouldn't, wouldn't have run him down. So in their own day, many at first are, are ridiculed. They're, they're crazy. They're foolish. That's, that's insane. And that's probably what they're going to say about you if you try to do something great for God. But you don't listen to them. You listen to God. And if you fall on your face, you, so what? You get up and fall on your face again and again and again. If you know that's what God has called you to do, amen, you do it and leave all the consequences up to Him. You say, I'm simply being obedient. And obedience brings blessings, whether in this life or the next or both. Obedience always brings blessings. So these people, they persevered, they triumphed, and they even saw vindication when their efforts came forth. Don't you know their critics had to shut their mouth? Say, oh my goodness, I can't believe what has happened. Uh, somebody even brought up Colonel Sanders. He, you know, he, he was a complete failure up until his 60s. He went around, he couldn't hold down a job. He went around just frying chicken. But now we have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Amen for that. And so he was made fun of. Don't you know they made fun of Esther? They made fun of many people in the Bible. They made fun of Jesus. They even made fun of Jesus when he was on the cross. But don't you know he did something great for God? And God's calling you to do something great for him. He even said, you'll go forth in greater things than I've done you will do, which I can't even understand. But he said it. Amen. And so in Esther chapter 8, verse number 4, it says, Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king. She was able to tell the king all about it. And if you read Esther chapter number 7, Esther chapter number 7, it shows where they came to the banquet and the queen Esther was telling the king about what was going on. And this person trying to kill my people, wants to kill me, wants to kill the person that raised me and watched over me. And look with me now in Esther chapter 7. We'll start in verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 7. Esther chapter 7, verse number 7. And the king arising from the banquet of wine and his wrath went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make request of his life to Esther, the queen. So the king was so mad he got up and ran out. And now Haman's begging for his life to the queen, Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Verse number eight. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was the king then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Why'd they cover his face? They wasn't even going to give him time to explain himself. It's judgment time for you. You, you, don't, you don't get a chance anymore. It's done. It's over. Verse number nine. And Habanar, one of the chamberlains, said unto the king, Behold, also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And then was the king's wrath pacified. The very man that wanted to kill God's people, wanted to take out God's people, Haman, he was going to have Mordecai hanged and all because he was mad because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. But Mordecai was like Daniel and his friends. I don't bow to anybody but God. 
he had those gallows made to have him hanged. And all of a sudden, here it is. The, the script is flipped. And now, those same gallows that Haman was going to hang Mordecai on, the king is taking Haman and having him hanged on the gallows that he built to hang Mordecai on. Man, it's amazing. When God flips the script, he flips it completely over. He turned that thing over on him and upside down. Why? Because Esther stepped out in faith and went before the king and fasted and prayed and got God involved in this thing and said, I'm going to serve him. And she even said, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to serve God no matter what. I am sold out. Amen. That's where we need to be. Sold out for the Lord. So much so that the king took his ring that he had given Haman, took it off his hand, took it off his finger, and gave it unto Mordecai. So now Mordecai has the king's ring on his hand, and that symbolizes power. That symbolizes authority. That symbolizes, I am with the king. And Esther, who now is the queen, has great power, took Haman's house and his property and turned it over to Mordecai. The very man that Haman was going to kill. The very man. And that's in Esther chapter 8 and verse 2. And the king took off the ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. The king was so upset, the only way his wrath could be appeased is if he hung him from those gallows. Esther's guardian, Mordecai, was triumphant. But not just triumphant. God wasn't just making him triumphant. If God lets you win a spiritual a, a battle of victory, it's not just for you. It's for him. You might get some blessing out of it, and the people around get some blessing out of it. But the truth is, it's for God. God's name is nowhere in the book of Esther. The name of God is not written in the book of Esther. But his handprints, his fingerprints, his divine intervention, his divine timing is all over it and all through it. Amen? There is no denying that God was working on behalf of Esther and Haman and the Jews and reminds me of what's going on today over in Israel, how they're going to kill. They want to kill the Jewish people. They want to take Israel out. And somebody mentioned this to me. I didn't think of it. But Haman, if you just change the last letter in Haman, the N, take that off and put an S, it says Hamas. I thought, wow, that's, I never even thought of that, but that is incredible. Remember, God works through people, and the devil wants to use people too. So it's not unusual, going back to what those first things we read, how Mordecai saved the king's life, but he wasn't even given a thank you. But see, the king couldn't sleep one night, and he said, read me the book of the Chronicles. And they started reading. And they said, he said, well, who, who was that person that saved? Did we do anything for that person that saved me? And they said, no. And Haman just happened to come in at that time. And he said, Haman, what would we do for the person that would have saved the king? Haman thought he was talking about him. And he said, you know what? I'd, I'd take him over all the land and say he's second in charge. And so he made Haman do that. Isn't that amazing? God can take your enemy and make them say great things about you and march you around what do you have to do 
trust God with fasting and prayer and bring the power of God into your life and into your situation. Amen. Pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.